Welcome to the High Crush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. In this episode, I chat with my buddy Derek Walker from Smokeaholics Barbecue in Fort Worth, Texas. Derek has been slinging barbecue for a long, long time. He was doing pop-ups before pop-ups were cool. I dropped by during a barbecue run I did it with my dad where we hit about 26 spots in a week back in uh, December of last year. Smokeaholics was definitely one of the highlights of that trip, and I was lucky enough to be able to chat with Derek earlier this year. With his culinary background and homestyle cooking, they coined the phrase Tex Soul, which is Texas barbecue with a soul food twist. You can't miss this place. If you haven't been, you have to stop by. They are a Texas Monthly Top 50 barbecue joint and well-deserved. By the way, Smokeaholics has already confirmed that they will be at the Heritage Barbecue Invitational, which is an event that will be held in San Juan Capistrano, California, to celebrate Heritage Barbecue's second anniversary. That's taking place on August 13th. If you haven't bought your tickets, make sure you buy them soon. You don't want to miss that one. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the show. This is Derek Walker with Smokeaholics. Today I'm chatting with Derek Walker of Smokeaholics. What's up, Derek? How are you, sir? Not much, man. Day off, laid back, chilling. Glad to be talking to you. <laughs> man, I I uh, I love your story, man. I've I've uh, I've read a couple of the articles of kind of uh, how you guys started and and the struggle and the dream, and it's it's really cool to just. Uh, See you guys now in the top 50. Congratulations, by the way. Appreciate it. Long time <laughs> It's been a long ride for you, huh? Yeah, my, my story is a lot different than some of the other guys. So you got some guys on the top 50 list who've only been cooking barbecue for three, four years now. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not the case with me, man. I've been grinding it out since like 2006. So <laughs> I heard, I heard about that. So, uh, yeah, let, we'll definitely get into the story. Um, first of all, let's find out a little bit about you, kind of where you grew up and, and, um, what kind of influenced you to get into the food business? Yeah. So, man, I was born and raised in South Fort Worth, uh, probably three minutes from where my restaurant is located. Uh, my parents actually still live there right down the street from, uh, where we wow. are on, on Evans, uh, probably, man, I've been cooking barbecue since I was 11 to 12 years old. My granddad had the first, uh, trailer, uh, pull behind, you know, kind of pull behind your truck trailer that I'd ever seen, uh, probably like a 250 gallon smoker. And this was back in the eighties. Um, we had some land down in East Texas where well, we still have land down there close to uh, Fairfield and Teague, and that's where, it's a little town called Doney. That's where my great-grandparents lived, and that's where we had all of our family events, family functions, family reunions, birthdays, any holidays, that's where we all went, the, the whole family. It was just, you know, family today in the same as it once was, like everybody would go there. And so my granddad was always in charge of basically smoking meat, and my, my uncles would fry catfish and stuff when we got down there. But Long story short, um, my granddad lived in Arlington, and we would, uh, they didn't do very much trimming back then, but we would kind of, you know, look, do a slight trim and season briskets and ribs and things overnight, 
and uh, throw them on the smoker. And we would actually ride, man, down the highway with that thing smoking and pull over, at, <laughs> pull over, seriously, pull over at a rest stop, throw a log on, check temp, and keep going. And uh, we'd get down there and finish up. And we had a hole in the ground with a big metal box. And they would actually use lard from the farm. And uh, we had a catfish pond on the property. They would, they, they'd fish for a week or two. And, man, we'd fry catfish in that hole. And we had barbecue and just about anything else you can think of to eat. And that's just kind of where, where, where it all began. And I just kind of kept going. Like, I, I've always cooked barbecue in some capacity. And then, like I said, in 2006, uh, I kind of started doing it professionally on the side. I was always, I worked for Baylor as a food service manager, food service uh, director, executive chef over the years, different positions. But on weekends, I always did event vending. I always did catering, uh, took orders for holidays and things of that nature, did pop-ups. I was doing pop-ups back in 2007, 2008. I always joke and say, I was doing pop-ups before pop-ups were cool. so <laughs> For sure. Yeah, so that's kind of, man, my background and where it all began. And then also I have a culinary background. So when I was working for Baylor, I actually went to culinary school at the Art Institute of Dallas. And like I said, I've been an executive chef. And so I've got a culinary background as well as a, a deep passion for barbecue. So I kind of try to bring those all together and get what we got. Just you painting that picture of those barbecues that you had with your family. I mean, that's, uh, you can almost smell the food. <laughs> it's just, uh, the, the, I imagine those were the days back then. It, it seems like, um, same for my family. We don't have the type of big reunions that we used to have when I was growing up at my grandparents' house and all my aunts and uncles would come over and, yeah. and we, we would throw down and, um, it's, it's a shame that uh, for some reason, I don't know if just society has changed or the cultures have changed, but uh, yeah, we don't do yeah. that much anymore. But It's definitely different. Like I talk to everybody. Nobody, very few people get together with family like we used to. Like mm -hmm. uh, every, every holiday we were at somebody's house, man, every, the whole family. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've got aunts now that I used to be super close to that I haven't seen in years. Yeah. So, things are just different, man. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I noticed about your restaurant, it has that kind of family feel. So when you walk in there, you I, I was on a podcast the other day talking with Tyler Harp. It was his first podcast. Um, I heard shout it. Out, yeah, shout out to him. And we were talking about you. I was like, man, when you go when you go to Smoke House, it's like you're at your buddy's house and he's cooking and you're, you know, I remember you telling me, "Hey, Abe, you want you guys want to sit in the picnic table in the back?" I'm like, "Oh man, you know, it was uh, it, it felt like you were just at your buddy's house, and uh, and the food tastes that way too. It just like very homey and just just delicious. It just brings back, you know, that whole family reunion type feel. So, congratulations to that. You're definitely creating this this uh, awesome." Um, uh, ambiance in your restaurant and it was packed when i went too yeah those those crowds have been I, mean, I don't know last week was nuts i don't know where all the people came from last week but yeah it's getting back to what it once was when we first opened we would have 
lines all the way down the sidewalk to that that house that's next to the restaurant. And here lately, they've been getting back to that. So yeah, yeah, happy about that. Yeah, and so tell us about because I was reading a little bit about your early days in the two thousand six time frame. Your your wife had a salon or something, and you would set up out in front of the salon. Yeah, uh, she's actually rented a suite over in uh, Southwest Fort Worth, and like it's a salon suite. So there's multiple people in there. They have their own rooms and whatnot. So it's barbers, beauticians, uh, all all that. So it could be about fifty to sixty stylists in the building, and then say each one of them has maybe two clients, uh, two to three clients in in the room. So potentially, you know. 200 plus people in one building not to mention it's a strip so there are other people over there too so yeah man i would pull up sometime in, in that strip and, and have line like ridiculous lines like i've had the police come before and tell me that i was impeding traffic like you're gonna have to move <laughs> nowhere for anybody else to park and, and cars pulling over on down the side of the street trying to get barbecue from from a little truck i just at that time i just had a truck and was just pulling a smoker and it was nothing for us to have 60 to 70 people in line at at the time. And uh, we did that at probably three to four different locations in Southwest Fort Worth before we got, before we ended up landing the food truck in 2018. This was just something we did on weekends. That was just your weekend hobby, huh? That just took off? Yep. Uh, like I said, I always worked a full time job and so did my wife. So on weekends and it was it was just me. Like I would get up, cook sides, uh trim trim meat and smoke meat overnight and then get out there and take the order, plate the order, take the money. It was one man band. Gosh, that's gotta be tough. What were you years, serving back then? What was the menu like? Uh ribs, brisket. Sausage, chicken, uh, <laughs> yeah, beans, potato salad, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes dessert, sometimes other sides. Man, it was crazy. I thought you were just gonna say like, oh, ribs and brisket or something like that. You you had a pretty dang full menu. Yeah, always ribs, brisket, chicken, and sausage for sure, for sure. <laughs> sometimes other, sometimes other stuff. Sometimes rib tips. Sometimes other stuff. But when, when did those rib tips come in? That like, I go eat a lot of different places, man. And God, those are just awesome little snacks that I guess nobody else really kind of thinks of. That that's one of the things that that really kind of differentiate you. I mean, there's a lot of things to that. But when did those come about, or what was the idea behind those? Well, back back then, it was kind of hard to find St. Louis style ribs. It, it it wasn't a lot of like locally here at most of the food service providers or grocery stores. You couldn't hardly find St. Louis style ribs, so we would buy full spares and trim them to St. Louis. And so we would have those, you know, the the brisket bones left, and we would cook them. And at first, we we would cook them and eat them overnight. Like if one of my buddies was hanging with me for an overnight cook or something. We would snack on them, and then, man, everybody was like, man, these are too good. Like, you need to be selling these because, I mean, you could only eat so many of them. And even back then, man, like, I've always been known for ribs. So, like, even back then with my with my little trailer, when I was just pulling my smoker out, I would still cook 20-plus racks of ribs back, back then. Yeah, so 
you can imagine I had a lot of tips. So I started cooking them and selling them, and people <laughs> loved them, man. I like I would I would sell those things out before I sold ribs, and still today, those are the first <laughs> thing to go at the restaurant. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean that it's those little things like that. I mean that uh, that cornbread, man, is just is just crazy. Talk to us about kind of the ev- evolution now of the menu. What are you what are you cooking now? What you, are some new additions? Um what's that look like? Uh newly added uh be my pork belly burnt ends. I just added those. Uh man, and those things are they're kind of taking over from the I don't know, it's a race now between those and the rib tips as to which one goes first. And I'm just kind of <laughs> doing like a uh brown sugar and butter type glaze on those and man those things are, are going super fast um other than that i'm trying to see i don't think i've added anything else to the menu in a while uh i, I you know from one once in a while i do some one-off stuff some stuff that i rarely do like the other day i had smoked meatloaf on special which i do from time to time uh mm. i also do like a smoked and smothered chicken so we'll smoke the chicken halves, and then uh, I make like a homemade cream of mushroom gravy that goes on top of them with bell pepper and onion, and we serve those on top of rice. And uh, yep. Yeah, uh, oh my gosh. We do smoke the smothered pork chops uh, as a special, and uh, we do. I do these lemon pepper turkey wings, and we serve those over uh, Alfredo pasta. So like a penne. Penne pasta uh, with Alfredo and then the lemon pepper turkey wings we serve on top of those. Jeez. Sounds delicious. So you have, you know, there's a lot of barbecue joints out there, a lot of Tex-Mex barbecue. Um, You know, there's, you know, people that are doing the birria and doing all of this. Yours is, is a refreshing stop. Like, especially me, the time that I stopped, I was on a, on an awesome journey with my dad. Uh, I think we did 20, we did 26 stops and one, one was yours. And I can tell you that there was no other place like yours, you know? So it's, you know, where you get Tex-Mex, you get kind of the uh, soul food slash barbecue, you know, with, uh, with your, with your spot. And it's just, uh, it's definitely refreshing and something different along the barbecue route. Um, yeah, I so really, we, really enjoyed that. Yeah, so we kind of coined the phrase Tech Soul because uh, you got so many Tech Mex pick masters and, and you got all kind of stuff now. You got Tech Check, you got Tech Mex, you got te- oh, everything. So we kind of coined the phrase Tech Soul. So, we, yeah, we, we, Texas barbecue with a soulful twist is uh, what we like to say. Uh, so I, I just I, I stuck to my roots. when I When I sat back and I looked, yeah, like you just said, there's an influx of Tex-Mex barbecue over over the last few mm-hmm. years. E- even people who aren't from, you know, Hispanic or Latin descent, everybody just kind of gravitated towards Tex-Mex. And the thing is, I mean, I'm classically trained. I'm a Texan. I love and grew up eating Mexican food, and I can cook the hell out of Mexican food. So it would be easy for me to do a Tex-Mex menu. But that's not my background. That's not my culture. So I decided to stay and stick with my roots and bring out some of the things from from my background and some of the things that I grew up, you know, with, and it's, it's worked. Uh, I think that's what most, what everybody should do. 
I think that's what everybody should do. Like I've got a, a good buddy of mine in Fort Worth that's that's uh, has a uh, barbecue restaurant as well, and he's from Louisiana, so he kind of sticks to his Louisiana roots. But I told him he needs to do more, like bring all of those Cajun elements, boudin and all of that stuff. Bring those Cajun elements in, and I think you blow up. I think people should just stick to what they know and what they grew up with. Yeah, yeah, I think it, that would be a natural, the natural thing to do for sure. Um, you know, and I, we talked about this when I was there kind of chit-chatting in that, you know, growing up in West Texas where I did in, in Abilene, a small town, as a kid, and I think this is a lot of people, because um, I've even gotten to neighborhoods out here in California where um, we grew up and barbecue, if you went to go eat good barbecue, it for me, it had to be black owned. Like it had to, if... The pitmaster wasn't black, and it, you know, it, for me, it was like ah, I don't know about, I don't know about this, you know, and yeah. that's how it was. I mean that, and that's I, I went to a neighborhood, I went to a barbecue place here that's doing Texas barbecue out in um out here in the Inland Empire here in California, and he said that traditionally where he opened his spot was it, it's all has has been black owned barbecue and he's gotten like threats and stuff. Cause he's a Hispanic guy that opened a barbecue joint there. And, uh, and yeah, like, um, thankfully the old school barbecue community has actually gone to support him and they've, you know, they've, uh, they've kind of, um, gained the support of, of the community that way. But, yeah, man, things have changed a lot, and it to me, it's like um, seeing seeing like going to your place to me brought me back to my childhood. Whenever we used to go to this place called Harold's Barbecue in Abilene, that this guy would sing church hymns in the dining hall. He would you could get what was that that hot water cornbread, and you would get um, the greens and you would get like, uh, it was just incredible. And so kind of walking into mm-hmm. your place brought me back to that. And I don't know if that's, if that's what you intend to do. Um, but you know, it's yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of sort of, um, and I don't know, man, you know, a, a lot of times I try to stay, I try to steer clear, just keep my head down and roll. I don't try to talk about it a lot because you know, we live in, uh, mm-hmm in a time to where everybody is super sensitive, man. And you say something and it's, it's misconstrued mm-hmm. and people, people see you in a whole different light. But I mean, in all act, in all actuality, when you think about the, the beginnings and the origins of barbecue, you know what I'm saying? You, you think, okay, it came from slaves and then it came, you know, through the black community at, at one point in time, like mm-hmm. almost every barbecue restaurant you went to, like you just said, it was black. And then I don't, I don't know. Along the way, like African American pitmasters were forgotten, and so now when you look at mainstream barbecue, you see very little representation yeah. of the African American community, and I don't understand that. Like I, I, I really don't. So I do, I do understand, however, why there is not a lot of mm-hmm. African American pitmasters represented in craft barbecue, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's the, that's, that's what's setting everybody apart because craft barbecue. I mean, it it takes a little culinary, I'm not going to say culinary training, but it takes a little culinary prowess. So, I mean, you have to kind of take pride in your plating. You have to take pride in your trim. You have to take pride in the way you present the barbecue, where 
a lot of times in the African-American community, like I, I had a, a conversation with Daniel Vaughn one time and we were talking about this very thing. And he was like, Derek, what sets you apart? He was like, is basically your craft. And he was like, the way you plate, the, the way you trim, the way just from beginning to end, the way you present is different. He was like, I go to black barbecue restaurants all the time. And the food is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He said, but I can't take a picture of it. You know, he said, uh, it's in a, a white styrofoam container. He was like, you got the meat in the, in the big section, and then you got your two sides, and they're running all into each other. There's beans in the in the potato salad, and the bread is is, is soggy and all of that. And he was like, I just can't I can't take a picture mm-hmm. of it. It doesn't photograph well. He said, but it tastes phenomenal. He was like, but it's not cra- it's not craft, mm-hmm. and it's not something that I can just put forward. So I'm assuming that that's I'm hoping and assuming that that's the only reason that we aren't well represented right now, but um, kind of been talking to some other pit masters and kind of going to look to change some of that, man. A, a lot of these guys out here are cooking great food. So if the ones of us who, who do know how to plate it and do know how to present it can help those guys, then maybe there'll be a little bit more representation. Yeah. There. And I think there's definitely a need for it. I mean, just looking at your place and the lines and I mean, there's a need for that, you know, like there's, I used to I in Austin when I lived in Austin there was a place called Dots and it every Wednesday I think they had all you can eat ribs and we would go and Dots is a, was a soul food restaurant man and we would go down there and just throw down on them ribs and there was just a huge line always to go eat there and again that it just reminds me of my childhood reminds me of you know what what uh what real barbecue was to me whenever I was growing up and, and I miss it. So thank you for what you do. First, first of all, uh, I know we, we kind of jumped right into the, the whole background and whatnot, but I wanted to kind of go back a little bit on your story because one of the big things is, is a community, right? Barbecue community and helping each other out and pushing each other forward. You have a history, and I was I just found this out by reading an article, but you have a history with uh, Chris and Ernie over at Panther City from, from back in the day. I thought that was such a cool story. Yeah, I didn't know, know anything about that. Yeah, I met Chris and Ernie probably back, man, 2003. Uh, back when we were we were both kind of just mm-hmm. getting into the IBCA doing cook-offs. And uh, I think at the time they weren't even Panther city. They were, they were <laughs> under like Ernie's cousins barbecue uh-huh. team when I first met them out there. And then uh, maybe a year or two, a year or two later, they came back and formed their own team as uh, uh-huh. Panther city barbecue. And then out. Um, so at, that's when I kind of started smokeaholics barbecue back in 2003 it started as a competition team in IBCA, um, and most of the team was me. I had, like, three guys, but they didn't know how to cook a thing. So they would kind of just help me. They would help me load out. They would help me set up, and then they would hand me stuff, you know, whatever I needed. They would they would run errands, and believe me, that's a huge mm-hmm. part and a huge help on a barbecue team. So um, I did all of the cooking. And uh, for, but really for me, man, I was working a full time job. It was to me, it was a getaway. You know, I, I can hang out with barbecue people, talk barbecue. So we did a lot more drinking than we actually, 
Probably should have. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm good at. I'll tell you so, that much. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, I was never like a great grand champion or anything like that. We come, we competed for a few years, and I, uh, I, I won some prize money. I, I walked a few times, but it was never like I was just never. I never really took it serious, like, like, say Ernest Cervantes or you know, uh, Robert Sierra. Those guys was were dead serious with with the uh, with the competition game. It was kind of just a getaway thing for me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's ba- that's basically where I met Chris and Ernie, and then uh, we would kind of start setting up. Sometime they would set up next to me, and we would hang out th- those weekends. And then uh, they kind of start doing. We were doing pop ups at the same time. They were close to me, uh, but not on the same side of town as far as pop ups go. And then uh, we just kind of kept in touch over the years, man. We built a friendship from there. They uh, a lot of times they would do things, and sometimes I would go help them out if they were doing an event. And when they first opened the, well, actually when they opened their food truck, I would go. I always support when they were out on weekends. And then actually that truck got passed down to me when they moved into the Republic. Bar, uh, they moved in Himes' old trailer at the Republic Bar, and then their old trailer came to me. Wow. So. Yeah, man, we got a lot of his, a lot of history. And when they opened the restaurant, of course, I would always go over and hang out with them before I opened mine. And they were doing the Forest Food Wine Festival and other stuff. I'd go help help out, give them a hand. And then shit, anything they, they needed, man, I would reach out and help. And likewise, whenever they uh, I've needed anything, they've always been there for me. So, like, I, I'll run around there sometime in the morning and grab a case of containers or some sausage if needed, and they'll do the same that thing. That is... Yeah, that's so cool. I did. I never even knew that until I was doing some research for, for the interview, and I'm like, wow. Now, now you guys are both top fifty. If anybody's doing a barbecue run, they can always hit both of you guys because you're only a few minutes apart. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's you know that that's what I love about the barbecue community is that everybody you know for the most part everybody helps each other out. It's just, uh, it's kind of like a brotherhood there. So I know that um, Keisha kind of gave you the green light. Your wife gave you the green light to take this kind of to the next level. I was also reading a story about uh, about your house. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, yeah, we, um, yeah, we were actually uh, in the process of buying a home. Like we had been trying for years to get all our credit and stuff situated, and and be in a position to purchase a home, and we had just got everything ready. Uh, I hired a realtor. We were actually looking for homes, and I came across the the brick and mortar location that we're in right now, and she was like, "Go for it," and I was like, "But wait, I can't do this, and we we get a home." And she was like, "Look, we can buy a house anytime." She was like, "We've been working. We've been working towards this forever. Um, who knows if this will still be here or if we'll have this opportunity next year?" She was like, "Just go for it." And that's what we did. That's so cool. And what what does she think about it now? So so happy that we did it. Uh, and man, it's been trying. Like I don't know, people people always give you the glorious side of it, mm-hmm. but man, it's hard work. <laughs> Seriously, like I I worked. I worked for somebody else for years, and you think, hey, that working for somebody else is bad, and you'd rather, man, I would go into work when I worked for Baylor at 5 in the morning, and by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be at home, 
and some of my other buddies would still be at work. I'm here watching Judge <laughs> Judy and snacking and <laughs> that but the first two years when I opened that restaurant, I was working, man, 18, 19 hours a day. And so tired. So yeah. tired, dude. Like the first two the first two weeks we were open, like I I was almost in tears sitting in the kitchen one one evening. It's eleven o'clock at night and I gotta be back there four in the morning. And I was telling her, I said, man, I can't do this. I was like, I'm done. Like she was like, What do you mean done? I was like, Man, I'm finna I'm getting ready to go back to work. Like I, I messed up, I made a mistake. I always wanted to do this and at least I can say that I did, but yeah, this is too much. Like we can't do it. And she talked me off the ledge. She was like, Yes, you can do it and you will do it. She was like, We we didn't came this far. We're not quitting right now. She was like, It'll get easier, we'll figure out stuff and we'll make it work. And I'd be damned if not maybe four weeks later, I was sitting in the kitchen most days twiddling my thumbs, like, damn, what was I doing this time three four or five weeks ago? Why was it so hard? And why is it so easy now? And then it's just gotten easier and easier and easier. So like we 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 had let got one guy go. We absorbed his position and it's still easy. Still, like some mornings by nine thirty, me and all my guys, we're sitting out back. Like I smoke cigars, they they smoke cigarettes. So usually we come in in the morning, we bang it out, we open at eleven. Usually by nine thirty, nine forty five, we in the back having a smoke break and and talking and laughing and listening to music until it's time to open the doors. <laughs> when I, I, I we never could do that when we first opened. It's, you've learned that time management, huh? <laughs> yeah, we got it all together now, and and now, like I say, normally at one o'clock, I'm done. I'm I'm back to my days where I'm at home at two o'clock watching TV again. <laughs> and Judge Judy's still around. Judge Judy's still around. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's great. So as far as your staff is concerned, what, what what do you have now? What what does it look like? I know you were a one-man show for a long time, um, but last time I was there, it looked like you had a pretty full staff. Yeah, so um yeah, I do. I've got uh I've got two guys in the pit room, and one of them being my father, and then uh another friend, well it's actually my dad's friend. He's been around my whole life pretty much. So those two guys come in at seven and take over the pit room. I normally, I come in at 4, 4.30. I get the pits loaded and start on sides. My, Like I said, my dad and Ronnie, who are my pit guys, they come in at 7, take over the pit room, so they'll wrap everything and get it, bring everything in for service. I've got uh, my two meat cutters, or actually my trimmers as well. So they come in in the morning early, trim meat, season meat for the next day, and once they're done with that, then they set up up front and they get ready for service so we can open and then they're, they're on the board. Uh, I've got my daughter, who's my cashier. Uh, my son's girlfriend is my bagger. <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law is in the, dish, in the dish room. And then my wife is kind of like a go-between. So she does everything. Wow. She she bakes and, and she she runs in between. So, yeah, we've got, got a pretty full staff. For for the, the small building that we have, we couldn't add anybody that's else. A, that's a true family business right there. Jeez. Yep. And then my son, who's a senior in high school, he works on weekends. So right now he's he's just been working on weekends. So yeah, he's there too. Wow, man, that's great. You got the whole family involved. You get to spend some time together. You got dad back there throwing it down too. Got to feel good, man. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. It actually is. Like we don't. 
it's a full family environment, so there's really no quarrels, there's no attitude because everybody, you know, everybody knows everybody and how to deal with everybody. So we we know each other. So if you can tell if somebody's having an off day, you kind of just back off of them and leave them alone for a minute, yeah. and they'll come around. So rather than you know you trying trying to deal with a stranger's emotion, somebody you don't know, it's just yeah, it's yeah. better. So let's talk Texas Monthly Top Fifty. Is this the first time that you guys get on the list? Have you been on before? Or? No, this is the first time being on the list. Actually, um, you know, we had the food truck in 2018, but the the prior list was was already out. So from the time I got my food truck to the time I got my brick and mortar, we had two years to get get our food up to par. The list, the prior list had already been out for two years. So we had two years to get everything up to par to make the current list. And, uh, man, we did it. I... I think Daniel Vaughn and some other people came to my food, my trailer, and at the time I had a cabinet, a cabinet style cooker on the trailer. I never liked the way the food came out on mm-hmm. the cabinet. It's just not. It, it, I never could get it dialed in like like my offset. So before that, I was cooking on an offset all the time, and man, food was wonderful. I got on there and it was okay, you know. And another thing was I didn't have any time to rest anything because I was working full time. So I would get off work on Friday. I would have to go and pick up all my briskets and ribs and get home and, and get all that stuff trimmed in the trailer and get them on the smoker, cook all night. Uh, briskets wouldn't come off until like 9 in the morning, and then we had we opened at 11, you know. So I had a, a quick little two-hour rest time on, on, on brisket, and it just never was right, man. Now, people loved it. I've got some pictures of some ridiculous lines, but, you know, me knowing – how the product is supposed to be and what's out there, I knew it wasn't up to par. So, like, Daniel Vaughn came to the trailer and got food, and he never mentioned it, never never said a word about it. Um, uh, you were talking to Josh the mm-hmm. other day, Pop's Post. He came to the trailer. He got, he got food. He told me it was good, but that was it. Never took any pictures of it, never mm-hmm. posted anything. So I was like, okay, I know this, I know this isn't it. This, this, it isn't right. I've, I've kind of drawn some attention now from some heavy hitters and nobody's giving it any type of praise, and I know why. So, long story short, the next year we were in the brick and mortar. I got my uh, first thousand gallon offset smoker from AJ at AJ's mm-hmm. Custom Cookers. AJ's uh, man, that thing is phenomenal. So I started cranking out the product that I knew I could crank out the whole time. And Daniel Vaughn came and blew him away. He was like, "Oh my God! Like this is night and day from what you were doing last year. Like what changed?" And the same thing with Josh. He came over and said the exact same thing. He was like, dude, like this is light years ahead of what you had going on in the trailer. And I was like, it was just the cooker. And plus, I didn't have time to rest anything. So I explained all of this to these guys. And they've been there multiple times since then. And, of course, I'm on the list. So, you know, things had had to improve. (laughs) So cool. So do you uh, have that – you have a 1,000-gallon AJ Custom Smoker? Is that all you have right now? No, I, I I added another one uh, a year later, so I actually have two thousand gallons back there right now, and then I have another um, road pit from AJ's Custom Cookers too. It's a five hundred gallon tank, but he kind of built like a cabinet style in between the tank. It, it's it's kind of a cool design, so you still get the tank, but it's got a cabinet built like integrated into the middle of it. So you got a box essentially, and when you open these doors, you got like 
eight racks and I got three doors with eight racks and it, it still cooks like an offset though. And man, that thing can cook a ton of like 60, 65 racks of ribs at one yeah. time. So it, it's been great for all of these festivals and stuff that I got going on right Which now. That's your bread and butter, man. Those ribs are, dang, those are money. Everything, everything is good. Um, so speaking of uh, events, do you have any events coming up? Yeah, actually, right before I just got off the phone with you, the, the Stock Show Syndicate is doing uh, an event here in a minute. I got the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival. I've got uh, I got Troubadour coming up in Georgetown. Oh, nice. Uh, we just did. That list isn't Road. even out yet, so this is yeah. uh <laughs> Heck, yeah. So you're yep. going to be at Troubadour yep. in, uh, in we, Georgetown? Yep. We just did uh, For the Love of Barbecue in Roanoke. And um, oh, the, I got Taste of Dallas coming up, and then there's a few more that I hadn't just really signed on with. But yeah, man. Well, busy. I wanted to do something here while I interviewed you. I wanted to uh, invite you to come out to California. I'm helping uh, or- organize for uh, for Heritage Barbecue. They're having their second year anniversary. Um, we've got some some very uh, major heavy hitters that are coming out. It's going to be on August 13th uh, this year. But uh, I was talking to Danny yesterday. I said, "Man, we got to invite we got to invite Derek out here, man. It'd be awesome to have you have you out." So I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I am going to let you know that uh, we'd love to have you out. This is a, this is an invitation for you to come. Uh, hang out with us in California on uh, August thirteenth. Uh, I'll send you all the details. You obviously don't have to answer now, <laughs> but uh... sounds sounds like a good time. <laughs> if if my if if my schedule in any way will allow it, I'll be there. All right, all right, sounds good. I'll uh, I'll send you all the details. Um, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some great folks. I I was just talking to Leonard Botello over at Truth. Um, who just confirmed. Um, so that's kind of uh, breaking news, too. Uh, of course, the Interstellar's in. They were in last year. And uh, a whole lot a whole lot of other folks that are, uh, that are really crushing it. So um, we're really excited uh, about this year's lineup. Um, so, yeah, man, hopefully you can make it out. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right, man. So we're kind of winding down on time here. If somebody came to your place uh, for the very first time, what would you tell them to get? What What are must-haves on your menu? Man, I mean, pretty much any restaurant that you go to in Texas, you're going to tell them to try the Trinity. So you always want them to try your ribs, your brisket. But uh, I would, in place of sausage, since we don't make sausage, like my restaurant isn't isn't large enough to really have a sausage program. Mm-hmm. I, I I know how to make sausage. I made sausage when I was on the truck. But the thing is, like it would take me, and some it would take me a long time to make freaking sausage. And I would make 70, 80 pounds of sausage, and then I would come out on a Saturday, and the sausage is gone within three hours because everybody knows that it was handmade, and I just couldn't keep up with the demand. So when I went in the building, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So. We, we procure our sausage from elsewhere. Uh, so instead of pushing the sausage, I would probably tell them to get the tips. So uh, either the tips or the, the pork belly burn-ins, but you got to try the ribs and the brisket for sure. 
And then on your second visit, that's when you go to that Smokeaholics favorite section with the cornbread and the nachos and, you know, some of, some of our other um, one-off items. What well, what are your sides, by the way, that you're doing now? Oh, so as far as sides go, of course, we still got our baked beans. And my baked beans are a little different than other people's. They've got bacon and ground beef and bell pepper and onion and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we've got our potato salad. We've got, uh, we do our barbecue dirty rice. We have our, uh, collard greens. We have smoked mac and cheese, uh, f- depending on what else I have on the menu, like the smoked meatloaf and whatnot. I may have garlic mashed potatoes, uh, um, candied yams. We do from time to time, uh, on Fridays we have Cajun cream corn, which is very popular. And, uh, sometimes I do fried cabbage as well, depending on what we have on the menu man special place you got out there Derek one question that I like to ask all of my guests before we uh before we sign off is and it's a it's from my corporate background uh icebreaker right um what what's something about you that most people don't know hmm something about me that most people don't know yeah, I'm fine. I, I know most people probably know now that I'm classically trained as far as chef, chefs go, so that's that's probably not one of them. Uh, other than that, man, I, I think probably the, the biggest thing is that I'm an ex, well, a reformed gang member, <laughs> you know? Like, my life was rough growing up. I grew up in South Fort Worth in, in the 90s. It was horrible, man. So, yeah, I was kind of uh, caught up for a long time. I got out of the gang life when my wife got pregnant. With my uh, with my daughter, and we kind of moved away from the hood. We moved to the suburbs, and I kind of like just changed my life completely. So yeah, a lot of people might be. I'm I'm so friendly. People come up to me. I'm like a gentle giant, but I think they'll probably be hard pressed to know them. I, I wasn't so friendly <laughs> once 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 upon a time in life. <laughs> I man, I would have never guessed that. You're exactly right. I was like, man, it's such a such a nice, friendly guy. <laughs> I wasn't so friendly at at one point in time. Wow, that's yeah. that's good, man. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. So, where can folks find you? What's your physical address and what's your social media where folks can come and uh, find you? So, our physical address is fourteen seventeen Evans Avenue, Fort Worth, Texas. That's seven six one zero four. And social media is Smokeaholics Barbecue on all platforms. Talking uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, YouTube. You can find us at Smokeaholics Barbecue. All righty, my friend. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I know that we've been talking about getting you on the the show for a while. I'm glad we did. Uh, Wish you all the best, man. Congratulations on the top 50 once again. Keep crushing it out there. And I hope to see you out here in California in August. Hope to be there, Abe. I'd like to come out there and meet you. And Well, I've already met you. I'd like to come out there and hang with you and meet Kevin Kelly for once. <laughs> yeah, man. Have you ever been out here in California? Uh, I've been to California once, and it was a long time ago, and it was pretty much like an in-and-out type thing. But, I, yeah, I'd love to come back and, and actually hang out, and, and especially, man, with the barbecue scene you guys got coming along out that way. Oh, man, it is incredible out here. I'm sure – you'll have a blast out here. I'll get you all the details sent out to you, man. And, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll work out, but, uh, 
Yeah, thanks again for hopping on, Derek, and uh, wish you the very best, my friend. All right, Abe. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the iCrush Barbecue Show. Remember to follow us on your favorite social media platform at Show. If you like the show, please let us know by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite listening app. Subscribe to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. If you want to find out what we're up to or if you want to show your support by buying some of our merch, you can head over to our website at iCrushBBQShow.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.